Hey guys, it's Scott from fxmissions.com. Just a note, I've finished the trilogy of anthologies from the forefront, and all three books are currently available on Amazon. This podcast made possible through the partnership of Engaging Missions Show, bringing missions home, and encouraging you to hear a message, make connections, and take action. Find out more at engagingmissions.com. Welcome to From the Forefront, an FX Missions podcast. Stories about courageous souls who felt the call of missions and obeyed. Hi, Scott McClelland here with your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. Thanks for joining us. We got the great privilege today to be joined from Italy. Uh, we're, we're happy to be connected to Italy today and to Francesco Abortivi. Now, Francesco, I recently met you and thank you so much for being willing to join the podcast here. Thank you. Your English is awesome, and I don't speak Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> well, you do great, and thanks for being willing to do this recording in something other than your mother tongue, as they say, because I couldn't do it in your mother <laughs> tongue. So kudos to you. Thank you. How well did I do with your name? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Where is the emphasis? It's Francesco, not Francisco, like in Spanish. And Abortivi is perfect. So you are involved uh, in ministry some years now in Italy, and you're also involved in missions. We, we have some common friends in missions, and I think you're on the team of ACCI. Is that correct? Correct. What can you tell us about ACCI or your exposure to missions. I've fe- recently first trip to Europe, so I don't know much about missions in Europe. What can you say about it for Italy's perspective and for what you guys are doing there? I could start by telling you a story of how I met SCI because it was kind of cooler. I, by chance, was, was browsing the internet and I found this website, adventive.ca, and I had a look at this mission. It was interesting. And uh, I liked their vision, their attitude, the, the idea that they promoted missionaries uh, who were already doing something or had an idea, to, to, to a vision, a specific vision to move forward and to uh, help them to do what they wanted to do in a way. So I really liked the, the idea. My thought was at the time, well, I will never meet them anyway. Uh, you know, it was Canadian-American mission and didn't know any of them, so I just forgot about it. And then after two years, a fellow pastor called me, Aldo, is, is the pastor of the church I attend right now. And he said, look, I have a friend. His name's Tony, and I would like you to meet him. And I said, okay, that's good. Uh, so we met, and there, then when he told me the name, he said, hey, well, I work with ACCI. Actually, I'm the founder of CCI. So I said, Oh, I know that mission <laughs> already. And look at them. So we, we just started to talk, and uh, it was all one of those God's appointments. Uh, it was great. It's certainly something that God prepared for me to be with the CCI in some ways. 
you found out about ACCI and you were sort of convinced you'd never know those guys personally. And then you got an invitation to meet Tony. That is fascinating. Exactly. Then I started to collaborate with them. I became a missionary. And then later I was appointed as a European director. And we got around 25 missionaries in Europe right now, of which 15, I think, is in Italy. Yeah, 15. Now, uh, being missionary in Europe and actually being a Christian in Europe is very different than the U.S. for sure. Most Christians are more involved in uh, church life in general and in missions than uh, in, in the States, or at least a, a larger percentage of, of believers are, for sure. Ah. So for me, it was kind of natural to work in the, in the kingdom of God, in the church first and with missions afterwards. And since we are so few, consider that in Italy we have like between 0.4 and 0.8% of believers. That's what we estimate. So since we are so few, we tend to have to wear many hats. And I do work with several several missions, and I also have a secular job as a web designer. So many things all at once. Wow. I, I think for us, sadly, culturally, from the at least from the United States point of view, we're kind of an insulated culture. I think that really limits our ability to see beyond our own experience or what's common to us or what's normal to us. I think you said that Italy, or maybe it's Europe, that has between 0.4 and 0.8% Christian. Is that correct? Did I hear you right? Uh, yes, it's Italy, actually. It, percentage changes a lot from country to country. But generally speaking, all Southern European countries have similar percentage percentages, yeah. I think that's mind-blowing to us uh, to hear... Christianity wasn't born in Europe, but it certainly had a long phase of emphasis coming from Europe. And now the presence of Christianity in Europe is not what it was. Is, is that the right way to say that? Right. Actually, a good part of my job is to explain Americans that Italy and Europe is not a Christian continent. Because so often they just believe, oh, Christianity was born there. Uh, there are so many churches over there, it must be a Christian continent, and it's not. Uh, it's totally materialistic, uh, more materialistic than the U.S., actually. And it's, it's a mixture of materialism, uh, ideology, uh, new age, uh, whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's really a big mixture of do-it-yourself belief, basically. It's hard to explain that people, even if they were baptized, even if they go, let's say, church once or twice a year, they're not really believers usually. So that's something you really have to explain and explain that even if you are Catholic or are an Orthodox, you're not really necessarily a Christian. Wow. Most of my travel has been over the last 15 years in Latin America, which is very different, I think, from what you're explaining there. It was a very intriguing first trip for me to get to. Europe, of course, we were in Germany for part of that time and Italy for the rest. And very good experience. I really appreciate all the kindness and brotherhood that I found there and, and for you and even getting to be with you guys in your home. I really enjoyed that. 
with the things we were doing there. So thank you for that. But I think for me and for maybe for many believers, the idea of Europe needing to be evangelized is not something that we would occur to us in our own stream of thought, if you will. But it sounds, as you're describing it, it sounds like that is the case. What have you seen believers from the States uh, do there that you've seen, that you've found or felt was effective? Maybe you have an example of something that people from the U.S. came to Italy to do when it comes to the gospel or other things that wasn't effective. Does anything come to mind on that? Well, yes. First of all, here is tough. (laughs) If you're a missionary, you want to evangelize, it's really tough especially if you come from states where usually the sending church or the sending mission wants to see uh, numbers, wants to see conversions, they want to see achievements, and that's very unlikely to have very big numbers here. It's just not easy. I'm not saying it's impossible. The Lord is really doing something. It's, we are moving forward, but it's way, way harder than, let's say, Africa or South America. It's just, just tougher ground. So it takes patience, it takes, yeah. uh, the biggest problems come from the churches themselves, because they, even if we're so few, we're very much divided. There is sectarism, uh, much pride, denominational pride. So even missionaries who come here are often face hostility instead of a welcoming church. And that's something very hard. And I've seen quite a few missionaries living that left Italy either disappointed or even angry. And that's that's the way it is. It happens. The key word I took from your comments there is the word hostility. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Sorry about that. (laughs) No, it's okay. That's a strong, strong word, but makes sounds like a, a, a real it's a real thing. Yeah, I have, to, I have to be fair. I mean, it's it's changing. I've seen the last decade, many churches are changing. They're opening up, much more welcoming. And even the missionary world is changing. In the past, it was mainly North Americans, uh, English people, maybe Germans or Swiss, you know, country people with, with a, that come from a country with a Protestant background in some kind. But Lately, we are seeing more and more missionary from South America, Brazil, Africa, and they're quite effective, I have to say, because they, they have sometimes a more similar culture, especially from Latin America, and they, they can reach people in a more effective way sometimes. So that, that's good. The Lord is using many different people in many different ways. That's that, I think the Lord is always reaching out, and He's always appealing to us drawing us to himself, drawing mankind to himself. So I think sometimes from a mission standpoint, I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. A lot of times missionaries can tend to want to go and do their work in welcoming context, or at least maybe not hostile environments. (laughs) We want to do our work in a place where we think the chances are likely that will be have a have an opportunity to be received or uh, not be cast out at the threat of our lives. I think the Lord 
definitely leads people to all doc, all the variety of countries and hopefully we can be courageous in our pursuit yeah. of making the lord known in places where he is uh less less available maybe of course it's the the the, the relationship between the, the the sending church or sending mission the missionary and the, the receiving church is always very hard very often what happens is that missionaries are in the middle of two rivers and on one side they have the, the sending agency the sending missions that requires them to to achieve certain goals and on the other side they have a receiving church that they're i mean they're not always hostile but that sometimes they just are not ready to accept all the programs all the vision or whatever that the missionary has in mind and of course, if you're a missionary, you will go with your ideas, you will go with your vision and so on. Even in this, it is changing. I, I'm seeing a shift with new missionaries, younger missionaries. They're much more culturally attentive. They're much more careful in the way they approach people, the way they approach the church, they relate to the church. So it is changing in that too. And I have to say, we, we've had... We're, we're seeing more and more collaborations between churches and foreign missionaries and that, that work, that actually work. But still, it depends a lot on the people. Uh, some people are just, some missionaries are just more uh, determined, more direct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And others are just more attentive and just more careful in what and how they behave. Yeah. It's tough, you know, cross-cultural missions is tough. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that things are improving in, in terms of people being more thoughtful in the way they engage the context. I think that we definitely can do that and we have a responsibility to do so, though that probably in the zeal of getting your courage together to go and be involved somewhere, maybe that's not toward the top of the list in terms of what people prepare for, but certainly is necessary. And I think we have the need to do that as well. And to be thoughtful, to present the gospel and the Lord in such a way that isn't unnecessarily offensive and that has the most likely to succeed chance, you know, the chance to succeed. So, yeah, that that's, I think, is something that is becoming more, more obvious as people are going. Yeah, I mean, we're all... Uh Man, you know, we are sinners, both missionaries and you know, local churches can make mistakes. I can give you a couple of examples just to give you an idea. Please, yes. There was this pastor in Church Planter, Eastern European country. And after 15 years of being there, he didn't learn the language. And uh, six months, I mean, actually it was three months during the, the summertime, he was always back in the States. Now... Once you leave a church like that, of course, the church will find itself like not ready to be, to grow on its own uh, legs. You know, it's, it's got to be tough. So what's lacking there is the ability to actually become a Jew to the Jews and, uh, and a Gentile to the Gentiles. On the other hand, I've seen missionaries, friends of mine who were actually not allowed to participate to the Lord's Supper because they were just part of the wrong denomination. So you can see the both extremes 
and they're both there, you know. <laughs> and, but in the middle, of course, is, is the truth, and uh, we should learn to both respect on one side the country, the culture, local culture, and the other side, we should really learn to, to welcome people who are there to serve, to serve the name of the Lord, especially. Mm. I really appreciate the courage of those who step out. I thank God that people are going to Europe with a heart for the gospel and for the people. But I also realize that, you know, we, can, <laughs> we, 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 we need to do that in a wise way and not in a way that is, that is likely to undermine our efforts. Well, thanks for those examples. I think there's a lot for us to learn and, and hopefully we can get our minds opened. Those of us who are going, and obviously you're involved in missions as well, but if we can keep our minds open and be open-minded toward those who are different than us. And I think a lot of times missions is greeted with hostility because it, it appears to be a threat to the culture that it inserts itself into. Would you say that's true when it comes to Europe? It, the culture of Europe over so many centuries now has become more and more and more of what it is in terms of strength. The culture is strengthening and crystallizing. Do you think that that's why Christianity is unwelcome sometimes? Christianity is unwelcome for many reasons. And again, Europe is very diverse. One thing is Northern Europe, another thing is Southern Europe, another thing is Eastern Europe. But if we talk about Southern Europe, of course, we come from centuries of Catholicism. And in some ways, this has kind of vaccinated people against Christianity in the sense that people are so much used to delegate their spiritual life to someone else that they're not really any more interested in any Christian institution or Christian whatever. It's, it's, and especially they're not more interested in God. They might be interested in spirituality. That's different. So you will find uh, Buddhism, which is quite strong. You will find uh, neo-paganism, which is growing among the youth. But official Christianity, and that's true for much all over the world, is losing ground. So the real challenge, I think, is to present the pure gospel, simple gospel, and explaining, that's the hardest part of the work, to explain that it's all about relationship and it's not about an institution. And that's the hardest thing, you have, the hardest work you have to do with, with especially with the uh, Catholics, because they're, if you think, if you tell them about God, immediately they will think about the church, not about, and about religion, not about relationship. So you really have to explain clearly that it's all about you and God, not about you and the church. And that's, it takes time, but it works. Going back to the missionaries, I would say that, again, the biggest problems do not come from non-believers. <laughs> I'm sorry to say it, but that's the truth. Most of the times, the problems come from the church itself. Uh, they're not really ready to change the status quo. And sometimes it's been always so the fault that the, the mistakes made in the past by missionaries or forced churches in certain directions or forced culturally inappropriate doctrines or behaviors or whatever. And that created wounds. And so people are, church believers are often careful with missionaries. That's the way it is. Wow. 
there's a lot to dig into there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that perspective. For those of us who are involved in missions from the United States, I think we need to have our eyes opened to things that we can't see or that we're unfamiliar with. I was raised in a very remote part, a very rural part of the United States with all the land here. You know, there's a lot of rurality. There's a lot of people who are more or less isolated in small, small communities. And for me, that was the case for sure. Mm -hmm. I was raised in a very small town. I think what happens to us from a worldview standpoint is that when we don't see a lot of diversity or if we don't see a lot of things up close that are different than what we know for ourselves, we begin to think that everything, the world's like where we are. It's just like what we see. It's just like, you know, most of the world is going to be very similar to what we know, which is nothing could be further from the truth. Yes. And I think the quicker we can, we can get that variety to be visible across a broad spectrum for people who are interested and who intend to engage themselves in a missional way, the better off we are. I think that this is incredibly good information that you're, that you're passing here. And I really appreciate it as just a conclusion here. And I want to get you on another session fairly immediately. It might be that we can put these together uh, the se- first and second session, and we can maybe be able to combine them sure. in our production. If you could pass along, if someone wanted to reach out to you to get more familiar with you or what you guys are doing or how to contact you or know more about the mission that you're involved in, where would you point them to? What information would you give them to be in contact with you or with ACCI? Yes, of course, we have our website, which is adventive.ca. ACCI was uh, originally founded in Canada, and then it's now in the States as well. So over there, you will find all our contacts and even my email. You can write me freely, no problem. And if they wanted to reach out to you directly, Francesco, how would they, is there an email address or something? If you want to include that, you can, otherwise you don't have to. Sure, it's Francesco, it's F-R-A-N-C-E. S-C-O at adventive.ca. Ah, Francesco at adventive.ca. That's pretty easy. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for being here. For those of you who, uh, who've joined us today on From the Forefront, thank you for being here. You can get this podcast, uh, as you know, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you like to get your podcasts, as well as from theforefront.com. Please do rate us there or pass along some information to us so that we can communicate with you. And if you know of someone who should certainly be on From the Forefront as a result of their mission's efforts, please let us know. Send us an email at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining the From the Forefront podcast. I'm Scott McClellan for FX Missions. And until next time, have a good one. Thanks for joining us for the FX Missions podcast from the forefront. If you'd like to find out more about FX Missions, please do so at our blog, fxmissions.com. Quite a bit of content out there. We hope you enjoy it. Also, if you'd like to rate us on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use, we would really appreciate it. And find out more about today's guest 
at our Facebook page. Just search for From the Forefront on Facebook. If you know of someone who should be featured on From the Forefront because of their Forefront missions, experience, or exploits, please reach out to us at info at fxmissions.com. Thanks again for joining us. And until next time, I'm Scott McClelland, and you have a good one.